0: Welcome to the Lift Up Jesus radio program where we exist to lift up the name of Jesus. This is our mission and our passion because we believe there is no other name that has the power to change lives and hearts, including yours. I pray that you'll understand that the Bible tells us that there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we can all be saved. Join us here every weekday at 7 p.m. at 99.5 KKLA-FM for bold, uncompromising biblical teaching. And please invite your friends and family to listen in as well. I'm Dudley Rutherford, the lead pastor of Shepherd Church, which has three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Aqua Dulce, and Woodland Hills. Our church is racially diverse. It is multi-generational. It's built on biblical preaching, dynamic worship, and helpful ministries. We have many service times to choose from on Saturdays and Sundays. So visit our website at liftupjesus.com That's liftupjesus.com to learn more about us, our locations, and our service times. Today's program is a slice of what you'll experience if you'll come visit us at Shepherd Church. So let's dive right in to today's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to perhaps the most famous chapter in the entire Bible, which is the 23rd Psalm. If you have a Bible, turn to Psalm chapter uh, 23. I was surprised as I studied for this message how much information there is in the Bible concerning valleys. We, those of us who live here in Los Angeles, uh, we live in a city that is full of valleys. To the north, you have uh, Santa Clarita Valley and the Antelope Valley. Uh, to the west, we have Simi Valley and Conejo Valley. Uh, to the east, uh, we have uh, the San Gabriel Valley and we have Pomona Valley. And we live, those of us that live here, we live in a place called the San Fernando Valley. The the valley is made up a lot of different cities, but if, and I've told you this before, if the San Fernando Valley was a city, just one city, we have two million people who live in this valley, it would be the fifth largest city in the entire United States of America. Now, within the valley, there's all kinds of different cities. The oldest oldest city in San Fernando Valley is the city called San Fernando. It was formed in the year or founded in the year 1874. It's 145 years old. I have this picture I want to show you of the valley. And uh, I, I checked with Mr. Kendrick and some other people. uh, To our best guess, uh, this photograph was taken around the year 1920. So uh, we're in the year uh, 2019. So next year, uh, this picture is roughly 100 years old, okay? Now, was anyone here back in those days? I just want to (laughs) know. But um, the street that you're looking at is Rinaldi. That's the street that runs right here in front of the church, and down here uh, to the east, uh, that particular corner there is Shoshone. That's Rinaldi and Shoshone, which is where our old campus was, Hillcrest Christian Church on the east side of Shoshone. The houses on the west side are still there. If you drive down there, those houses are 100 years old uh, down there. And Mr. Kendrick told me that that area used to be called the Sunshine Ranch, Which is a pretty good name, is it not? I would have called it the Windy Ranch, but anyway, um, you can see that the entire valley. Though what I want you, what I I want to show you that picture. There was a time where the entire valley was was just a big desert. There was nothing here, and they figured out a way to get water into the valley, and then the entire valley became uh, orange trees and olive trees. And eventually it became a suburb of Los Angeles, uh, the suburb in which we live, the San Fernando Valley. Now, whenever I think of the valley, I always think of Psalm chapter 23, verse 4. You can't help but uh, think of this verse that says, even though I walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Topography. I want you to say the word topography. Uh, topography is the study of the shape and features of land surfaces. And topography teaches us that you can never be in a valley unless you are positioned between two mountains. I, I want you to write that down. You, you can never be in a valley unless you're positioned between two different mountains. That's what makes a valley. And so to the north, we have uh, what's called the San Gabriel Mountains. To the west, we have the Santa Susana Mountains. To the east, we have the uh, Verdugo Mountains. And to the south, we have the Santa Monica Mountains. And so when you're in the valley floor, we are surrounded by these mountain ranges. And I, whenever I think of being in the valley, I'm always uh, remember. Uh, Bishop Ulmer, who once said, by definition, if you're in a valley, all it means is that you are, that you have left one mountaintop and you're on your way to the next mountaintop. Can someone say amen? Amen. And in between part, the valley is where I'm often weighed down. It's in the valley where I often find myself discouraged. It's in the valley where life seems to consume me. It's in the valley where sometimes I struggle and I I question about life. And then it's in the valley where sometimes I even begin to question God. But it's always important to remember that you're not supposed to stop in the valley. You can't quit in the valley Uh, Psalm 23, verse 4, he didn't say, even though I walk into the valley. No, it says, even though I walk through the valley, he said, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Who is the you? You are, who is the you? God, write that down in your notes. Remember that God is always with you in the valleys. God was with you before you got in the valley. He actually entered the valley with you. And when you're here in the valley and you feel like you're stuck here in the valley, He's with you here. And when you exit the valley, guess who's going to be with you then? God will still be with you. And so I guess what I want you to know and get from this sermon today is that your journey, uh, wherever you are in life right now, is not yet over. That whatever valley you're facing, whatever valley you find yourself that you're not alone, that God is always with you. Amen? And amen. I want to look at six great valleys in the Bible. There are many more. Uh, I hope again to get through all this. Each of the valleys, say the word each, each of these six valleys is a picture of how God is with us in the valley. Valley number one, write this down, is the Valley of Siddim, S-I-D-D-I-M. Sometimes it is uh, spelled S-I-T-T-I-M. But for today, S-I-D-D-I-M, the Valley of Siddim. this is the Valley of the Slime Pits, the Valley of the Tar Pits. And if you know anything about Israel, if you ever go to Israel, up to the north there's two bodies of water. To the north is the Sea of Galilee, but to the, to the south is a large body of water called the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea happens to be the lowest place on the face of the entire earth. Everything flows into that dead valley and nothing leaves. It is, there's nothing that lives in in the Dead Sea. And just beneath that Dead Sea are the slime pits or the tar pits. And I want you to write this down. It's the exact spot where two cities are mentioned in the Bible, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know the story in Genesis chapter 19, God walked, looked down and saw the wickedness of these two cities and he said, I'm going to rain down fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah. I want you to write this down. The valley of Sodom is the valley where sin abounds. It represents the valley in our life where sin resides. It's that place in your life that you don't want anyone else to know about. It's a place of shame, a place of despair, a place of addiction, a place of embarrassment, a place where you squandered your last dollar. It's that place where you turned away from God and you chose the flesh over the things of God. The Valley of Sidon represents the place where you hit rock bottom. It's the same place the prodigal son found himself in Luke chapter 15 when he was living ended up living in a pig pen a pig pen of sin a pig pen of shame and disgrace and yet he finally came to his senses praise god and the bible says that he cries out in luke chapter 15 verse 18 and he said these words while he's in the pig pen he says father i have sinned against heaven and i have sinned against you and what he was saying was he finally came to his senses and he said, Father, I want you to know that I have sinned against my heavenly Father, and I have sinned against you, my earthly Father. This first valley, the valley of Siddim, is for someone here today where you feel like you're at the lowest point of your life. You are in the literally depths of the valley and you think that everyone has given up on you and that no one cares about you and that no one understands you and you finally get to a point where you think there's absolutely no way out and there's no one who cares, I want you to know that God is with you even in that valley. And if you find yourself there in the depths of despair, that God is here today knocking on the door of every single heart of every single person who's here today, and God wants to forgive you of every single sin, not just your little sins, not just your mid sins, but your big sins, if there is such a thing. And He wants you to become His child. And think about this, the God of the universe wants you to become His heir. There's always someone here who says, and they're here today, who says that there is no way God could forgive someone like me because I've done too many things. God, God could never forgive someone like me. And I want you to know you are so wrong. You are exactly the person that God loves. And you are exactly the person God desires to forgive. And you are exactly the person that God desires today to write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And so I ask, are you today in the valley of Siddim? Are you in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? you need to come to jesus christ he is here to forgive you and to free you and to love you and all god's people said amen, amen. number two is the valley of Eshkol. Eshkol. everybody say eshcol Eshkol is located just inside say the word inside the valley of eshcol is in is just in it's just just inside of what's called the promised land we know it as the grapes of eshkol if you remember the story in numbers chapter 13 verses 17 through 25 the israelites had come to the edge everybody say the word edge they had come just to the edge of the promised land they they had not yet gone in it's an area called Kadesh barnea and they sent in 12 spies the 12 spies went in to spy out the land flowing with milk and honey and the bible says that these twelve spies came back and they brought forth these big, fresh, luscious grapes that had been taken from the valley of Eshcol. Eshkol is the place where the Jews had to make a life-changing decision. Write that down. They had to decide right there on the edge of the promised land, are we going to obey God? Are we going to obey God and enter into the promised land? Or are we going to disobey God and go back to the land called the wilderness? The valley of Eshkol is really the valley of decision. And I just want you to know that every decision you make, that God is with you, I don't care what the decision is. Uh, God is there. He, uh, some of you are thinking about getting married. Some of you are thinking about getting unmarried. Some of you are thinking about some financial decision. Some of you are seeking God's will concerning some issue like maybe you're thinking about moving out of state or you're thinking about some life change direction or your relationship with god learn this hear this that the moment you became a christian god put his spirit his presence inside of you called the holy spirit and the holy spirit is here to counsel you to guide you to direct you to lead you i saw uh, Greg Laurie on a little snippet the other day and he was talking about his house And how if there's anything mechanical, that that's his area that he controls in his house. So like if he needs a refrigerator, he'll go online and he'll find 38 different refrigerators and study them. And he gets to pick which one is the best one. But he said his wife is the one who's in charge of all the decorating of the house. And he says he has absolutely no say over any of it. And he says, his wife will come in and say, I'm thinking about this or this. Which one do you like? And he says, well, I, this is the one I like. She never picks the one he likes. She says, it's this or which one do you. He says, it doesn't matter. He says, you, it's whatever one you want. And that's what he lives with. Are there any men here who can relate to that? But his point he was making was that when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, that you always say, well, I, I would kind of like to do this, but Holy Spirit... It's really not what I want. It's whatever you want. I will live with whatever you want in my life. Jesus said in Luke 22, it's not my will, but thine will be done. All I want you to know is that every single decision you make, you need to know that God is with you in that decision and include him and seek his will in that decision. Amen. Amen. Number three is the Kidron Valley. The Valley of Kidron is also called the Valley of the Kings. Now, if you ever go to Jerusalem, and I hope you get to go to the east, everybody say to the east, East. here's Jerusalem, and to the east, there's a valley, and on the other side of the valley is what's an area called the Mount of Olives, and anytime you've seen a picture of Jerusalem, it was taken from the Mount of Olives on the eastern side, looking down a valley over at the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That valley that exists between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives, there's a massive cemetery that's located in the Kidron Valley. That valley's called the Kidron Valley. I have a picture of it for you. You can see that it's massive. Of course, Jewish people would never bury their dead inside the city walls. They would always bury their loved ones outside the city walls and the kidron valley to the east of jerusalem is where jewish people believe that one day the messiah will appear now most jewish people are waiting for jesus to appear the first time those of us who are believers and even jewish believers believe that jesus has already come the first time we're waiting for him to come the second time can someone say amen but jewish people who are living in jerusalem believe that the Messiah has not yet appeared, but they believe that when He does appear, that He will appear from the east and that He will raise the dead and He will judge mankind and then He will enter into what's called Mount Moriah. We know in the Kidron Valley, we believe that James is buried in that cemetery. Some say that Samson is buried in that cemetery. We know that Absalom is buried in that cemetery and Zechariah is buried in the Kidron Valley. The Valley of Kidron, write this down, is the Valley of Suffering. I want you again to think about Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What is the valley of the shadow of death? What is that? The valley of the shadow of death. Well, it's not death, it's the shadow of death. So, it either it's that point in your life where you think you're going to die, you're not dead, but you think you're going to die. You're in the shadow of death, or perhaps it means that you're actually walking among those who have already died, and you're in the shadow of their casket, so to speak. Can you imagine when you look at this cemetery, the amount of suffering, not from the people who died, but from the families of those who buried their loved ones? Whenever I drive by a cemetery, whether it's the VA cemetery, or there's a cemetery out here in Chatsworth, the the one down there in Hollywood, the one that's up here in Valencia, up by the old road, whatever cemetery I go through, I can't help but think of the grieving and the suffering, not of those who've died, those who've been laid to rest, but from the family members who have laid loved ones to rest and you multiply that suffering to the number of grave markers that you can see, the amount of tears and the amount of heartache and the amount of grieving and the amount of suffering is beyond measure. And I just want you to know that God is in the valley of Siddim. He is there in the valley of sin, wooing you out of that valley. God is in the valley of Eshkol, the valley of decision. But God is also in the Kidron Valley, the valley of suffering. You are not alone. There are people all over this room that are suffering from every imaginable uh, possibility of things in their life. That they are broken and they're hurting and they're suffering. And they think that there's no one who cares and no one who understands. But I want you to know that God is with you in your suffering. He is with you in your suffering. Number four is the Valley of Elah. Everybody say Elah. Elah is the exact place. It is the exact place where 12-year-old David, with his little slingshot, defeated the giant from Gath named Goliath. The Valley of Elah represents the valley of the battle where battles are fought. I want you to remember that every battle you face, that God is with you, there are people here today who are battling with sin. Some of you are battling with temptation. Some of you are battling right now with some addiction in your life. Some of you are battling with cancer. Some of you are battling with unemployment. Some of you are battling just your own emotions. Maybe you're battling your attitude. You have an attitude battle going on. Some relational uh, relationship struggle, a financial struggle, a health struggle a battle with your heart and for your soul the bible says in ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms you're not thinking straight if you don't understand that all of the battles that we face are spiritual battles they're not physical battles they're spiritual battles and that's why ephesians six ten tells us to put on the full armor of god and to be strong in the lord And to be strong in His mighty power. Why would the Bible tell us to be strong in His mighty power? Well, it's because your power is not enough. Your strength is not enough. Your wisdom is not enough. But God's power and God's strength and God's Spirit... And God's wisdom is more than enough. to get you through any battle. You know the story when David was out to fight that giant, that Saul put his coat, his garment, his cloak around, his coat of armor on a little 12-year-old boy, and a little 12-year-old boy put that big coat on, and he couldn't even walk with that coat on. That coat represented man's power. So David, just a 12-year-old boy, he took that coat off. He went out there and faced that giant, had nothing but his little slingshot. But he had put on the armor of God, and the Bible says he defeated that giant that day. David knew the text in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, that says, The battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to God. The psalmist says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I just want you to remember that whatever battle you're facing today, that God is with you. Oh, I hope that you enjoyed the radio program today on Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. It should come as no surprise that my driving passion in life is to lift up Jesus everywhere I go and with everyone I meet. So often a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Or perhaps they at one time experienced the transformation that's only possible through Jesus Christ, but now for some reason they're discouraged or they're in need of hope. If that's you, if that is you, I want to encourage you to reach out to us at liftupjesus.com because we want to pray for you and we want to pray for you right now. Come visit us at Shepherd Church if you can break away one weekend, we have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area and multiple service times on both Saturday night as well as Sunday morning. So you really have no excuse to not come visit us. You will be so blessed by getting plugged into a biblically-based, Christ-centered church that strives to love God and to love people. You can call us toll-free at 888 818 777. Let me say that again 888 818 4777. Or visit us at our website, liftupjesus.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have a ton of resources at our website to help you in your walk with the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford with Lift Up Jesus. Join me here tomorrow and every weekday at 7 p.m. as we continue to study God's Word and to lift up the name of Jesus.